The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Thank you for joining us again this morning on this Wednesday edition. And we are so glad to have you with us as we've been taking uh, just a few set episodes uh, starting, we started Monday and we're going to go for a few days to answer some questions that were submitted towards the end of last year. Uh, some of these are phenomenal questions and a lot of times people look at topics, but these are, are deeper questions. The one person who stated this said these are probably normal questions. And, and I know I've not heard these a lot, but I've heard those from people, especially new to Christianity, and these are great questions. And so I hope that not only will they answer the, the quest, answer the questions of the person who asked it will help them, but also be helped to others that may have never even considered these questions. And so today is to an extent a continuation from the last two episodes. And here, here are the questions we're going to talk about today. One, what happened to Old Testament saints uh, that did animal sacrifice, things like this, when it came to when they died? Where did they go? Where are they now? Phenomenal question. Second question, um, you talk about people, uh, look at passages like Hebrews 6 and 2 Peter chapter 2, where they seem to reference the fact that you can lose your salvation. And we talked yesterday about you can't, but then what do you do with passages like this that can be confusing and can at least lead you to believe that, and anybody who holds to the, tr- the teaching that you can lose your salvation will run to these passages. So what do we do with them? Well, let's go ahead and walk through these three thoughts quickly. First of all, uh, what happened to people in the past, Old Testament, before Jesus died? Um, where, where are they when it came to Old Testament sacrifices? I think we first need to explain the premise of Old Testament sacrifices. Old Testament sacrifices were a picture of what would happen one day when Jesus would go to the cross and sacrifice. That's why they called Jesus the sacrificial lamb, the, the great lamb. Um, the Old Testament animals were sacrificed because blood had to be shed to what's called atone or cover um, the sin, and you refer phrases like the Day of Atonement, things like that. They would cover a tone. Tone does not mean eliminate, it just means it's covering. And so they would cover for the sin, and then that's what the, the, the children of Israel would do in kind of an asking for forgiveness. But it had to be done over and over and over again because their sin had not been dealt with. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God had not been slain. So it's all looking forward until Jesus died and he dealt with all of that. Now, we know per se at that time they didn't go to heaven because Jesus hadn't been on the cross. So how, how, where did they go? Actually, interesting, if you were to study Luke 16, there's this passage. Now, many people believe this story is a parable. It is not. The story of the rich man and Lazarus, where they had their two points, and then they ended up in hell, and uh, a rich man could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. They want to believe it's a parable, but let me tell you why. Every, uh, every parable in Scripture, either God said it was a parable, or sometimes he didn't, but here's something that's true about every parable. He never named anybody specifically. He never said a certain location and he never stated the time in history of when it happened. Uh, rich man and Lazarus, there was a name by the man Lazarus, that was real. Uh, when the rich man said, I wanted to go back from the grave and tell his family or send somebody, he named, and, and Abraham said, they have Elijah and the prophets. He named the people who would have been alive. So we even know about the time these men lived. So, and then he named a specific place. So we know it's not a parable, but there was a place, Hebrew word called it Sheol. It was uh, what, you know, it was basically, we believe, the center of the earth. And at one time, it was two separate places. There was Hades, known as hell, a holding place, and then there was Abraham's bosom. They were both 
not in heaven because Jesus had to fulfill uh, the, the, the full, all of the pictures of the Old Testament sacrifice and put his blood at the lamb for us to be able to go in the presence of God. So then we go down to what many called Abraham's bosom. And it was paradise to, to an extent down there, different than heaven, but a similar idea. But they could see each other except this golf fix as we see in Luke 16. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that after Jesus went, the three days when he was in the grave, one of the things he did is he said he went down and led captivity captive. He went down into the center of the earth. He did not go to hell. He went down to Sheol, this place, and he took all of those Old Testament saints who were in paradise and he took them to heaven. And then the Bible tells us later that you know, hell would enlarge itself. Ultimately, that place consumed and all has become what we believe now to be hell. That now remember, hell is just the first point. At one point, all of hell will go stand before God at the great white throne judgment and then be cast into the lake of fire. That's the permanent punishment. But for now, they're in this holding place, hell. So in the Old Testament, they, were, they went there. And then after all of that was fulfilled at the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, then they were taken to heaven. So they were sent to a place of paradise, and then now they're in the presence of God. And so it was a bit different, but that's how they got to those positions at that point. Um, hope, if you want more clarity, please feel free to follow up with a question. The next question was, what about these passages of Scripture? that make it look like you can lose your salvation. I'm going to read uh, the two that were referenced, and I'm going to explain them as I read them. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. The Bible says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of the God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again into repentance, saying they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, a lot of people believe that the ones being referenced here are Christians. And here's the words they use. He says, it's impossible for those who were enlightened. They've tasted of the heavenly gift. They were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. They tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. So many believe that those words talk about the idea that because they've been, they've experienced aspects of the Holy Spirit, that it must mean that they were saved. Now, let me give you a breakdown. Let's look at these words again, because I, I don't believe they were saved. Here's what we say. For those who were enlightened, okay, and let me, let me explain something. Um, the Bible says, uh, except, a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. There's a point when God the Father and God the Holy Spirit draw us. That helps us to recognize that our need for God is there, and it's more than religion. It's things like that, and then so when people like me give the, the gospel, to preach the gospel, it makes sense. It, it answers that conviction. A conviction is not guilt. It's this pulling, and it's just drawing to something you know to be true, and so this enlightenment, what had happened was the Holy Spirit enlightened them, helped them to realize you need this. What you're hearing is true, and they've tasted of the heavenly gift. They have experienced the truth. They've, they've learned the truth. They've heard the truth. They were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. That is the conviction of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost convicted them, making them realize, I need this truth. They taste the good word of God. They've heard the truth of the Bible. They know it. They've tasted it. They understand. They've heard the gospel. They understand the gospel. They've experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit to point them to the gospel, but they fall away. They choose to say, I don't want anything to do with the gospel. And a lot of them will do this. The more they hear, I don't want it, I don't want anything to do with it, and they walk away. Sometimes these people come to church and uh, maybe they think they got saved or they claim, but they never got saved. And they, they can put on a front, they can act like Christians, but they never got saved. And we talked yesterday about true salvation will begin to produce levels of sanctification and growth. Please understand, 
we're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to have good days and bad days. And if we're not, we have to remember that Christianity is not about me being perfect. It's just about me allowing God to grow me. It's not about how good I can be. It's about how much God can make me what he wants me to be. It's really not even about me. So we can look at this and say, well, this is a picture of how good I have to be. No, this is, this is unsafe people who have heard the truth but never accepted it in Scripture. Uh, if you go to, there's a parable of the four seeds, and one of them was thrown on, um, on thorny ground. And it, what happened was it, uh, on stony ground, the, 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 the seed didn't go down very far because there was a little bit of soil and it hit stone. It grew quickly. It looked like they were saved. They, they had a, a religious, emotional experience, but they never truly called on Jesus. So because of that, as soon as it started getting real, man, they were gone. That's the same idea here. They walked away. They decided, I'm going to go live. And God says, you know, at some point, simply put this, at some point, someone who has heard the truth and understood salvation but refused to accept it, at some point, God's going to say, you can no longer have it. The, the Noah's Ark is the great way to look at it. For 120 years, Noah preached to the people, and they all knew the truth. But when God shut the door, they could no longer get in the ark. God may wait till somebody's at their deathbed. God may say at the age of 50, no more. A lot of it depends when conviction starts. But that's up to God. So there will be times that people say no to God enough. I'm not saying the first time, but a no to God enough, God will then say fine. That's what that passage speaks of. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 20. For, after, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse than with them that, in the beginning. For if it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, and after they had known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned again to his vomit, and the sow that has washed her to her for wallowing in the mire. Now, uh, there's a couple points of view you can look. This can be seen as the same as an unsafe person. They got all the truth and they walked away from it. Well, it's going to be worse because they've been given the knowledge of truth. And they've chosen to say no, and they never really embraced it, and they moved on. And yeah, the ultimate punishment in hell is going to be uh, worse. I, I tend to believe that what you have is someone who's been saved. And then they've run into backslidden. They've walked from God. They didn't lose their salvation, but they walked from God. They say the battles before they got saved aren't as bad as the battles are going to be now. Simply, one person put this, a Christian that backslides can often live a worse life than an unsafe person. Why? Because the Christian has the truth. They have the Holy Spirit. Now that they're backsliding, they have to deal with what they know is right and wrong. And now they have to deal with the Holy Spirit, who's constantly convicting them because they are. So all of the battles in life are going to get worse because now they have the knowledge of truth and they're refusing to follow it. And that, trust me, I've seen it. Those people tend to go further into sin and further into problems because they have to fight the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they just seem to go further. And that's what I believe that passage is referencing. So what, what happens, someone said this, what happens when, you know, if my kid was saved, I would, like I said, I was saved at the age of five, and at 20, I decided to walk from God. You know, sometimes people do. Sometimes they, they walk away, actually, statistically speaking, they say that people from the age of 18 to 28 walk away, at least 70% of people that age walk away from the religion they were reared in. And sometimes that's bad, sometimes it's good. They're, they're seeking, they're, they're deconstructing, they want to find out what they believe, and hopefully they're given some freedom in high school to develop some of that. Not, not tons. We've got to train them up as they should go. But here's what you have to learn. Sometimes they will go. But I have heard, majority of the times I've heard, if they're seeking truth, you'll, they'll find their way back because 
they're not walking away in rebellion. They're walking away kind of seeking truth, and God will bring them back. But I know of men right now, pastors in different churches, that at one point walked away from God, got into drugs, got into all kinds of things. Here's what I say. Remember, salvation is something God gives me. And I may say, I'm going to go down this path. But like the prodigal son, God's going to keep pulling me back. And at some point, when I come back, God will love me and embrace me no matter what. It's, it's unfortunately part of the journey. So at 18, 19, 20, they decide to, to walk away. We don't want, I don't worry about that. You know, I, I never did. Other people have, but that doesn't mean I worry about that when they're younger. Uh, I, I just teach them the best I can. Get them in where they can hear the truth the best I can. I let God does, is the one that does the work in their heart permanently. I hope that uh, what we said today helped answer a couple other questions. Uh, I have more to move on to next time. I hope, I really, we, we could spend an entire Wednesday or Sunday night studying these two verses and getting into, I could spend more time breaking down Hebrew and Greek and, or in, in the Greek and why I think these passages say what they do and reference other passages. I don't have the time for this. So I hope you get an understanding of what it is. If you, if you personally want more detail, I can send you some information. Uh, or we can take a Wednesday night or Sunday night and break these down even more. I'd love to be able to do that. I, I think there is more that honestly wouldn't be able to understand these passages than, than we know. And it would be a great opportunity. So maybe one day we'll do that if the need arises. Well, I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity again to hopefully answer questions and to teach. I truly appreciate this opportunity. It is an enjoy. Trust me, you're going to find people who will teach these things differently um, because some people come to Scripture with an idea of using Scripture to prove their point instead of using Scripture to establish their teaching. Let's remember that. Some people say, I believe this. I'm going to make the Bible prove it. I need to go to the Bible and let the Bible establish my belief. And that's really the way true Bible study should be done. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow as we continue answering these questions. If you have one or a follow-up question, please feel free to send it. Either I'll respond in email uh, with um, answering the question or deal with it here in the podcast if necessary. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.